Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all the ships at sea, welcome back to another episode of the Blind Leading the Blind podcast. My name is Chris. And I am Mike. I was the one making the semi-gargling, retching sound there. You know, the phlegm coming up and thought I'd just let you enjoy it too. So you can put that on a loop and play it for yourself as you drive down the road. I'll probably cut it out. Oh... I might not. Now I've already talked about it. Okay. You gotta leave I might it. leave it. I talk about it, you gotta leave People it. People can hear you going, <laughs> the, the hiatal hernia strikes back. <laughs> yes, Floyd. Is that his name? Floyd? I think Floyd's where we Floyd ended up. Did. Anyway, we are coming to you, as always, from the basement of B Ministries, 193 East Church Street, Marion, Ohio. The spacious confines of the highly gray, but pleasant. <laughs> Studio B. Studio B, baby. We are looked over tonight, of course, by Mr. Bobby Knight. Yes. Uh, Baby Shark is over there in his little jar. Do, 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 do. There he is, Baby Shark. Yep. I found out that Baby Shark is a real thing out there. So uh, it's supposed to have, it's supposed to be really cool to have a Baby Shark in a jar. Really? Uh, it's what I understood. Is it a cultural thing? or what? I don't... I, I just saw people going, oh, it's so cool. Oh, this is so cool. Not about our baby shark. Okay. But I posted a picture of our baby shark so everyone could be, you know... Sure. ...appreciative of baby shark. Yeah. Um, we do have a guest in the studio this evening. We do. Um, young man by the name of Derek Chandler. Not point guard for UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different one, but he's here. He's he's part of our church family, so he's sitting over here in the corner, afraid probably to whisper. <laughs> Say hi, Derek. We got a <laughs> out of him. Hello. Yes, he's over. <laughs> there in the, you go. He's sitting over in the corner, hanging out. He said, "Can I go see?" Sure, well, you can absolutely. go see. You can see how the sausage is made. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so if you want to get a hold of us or you want to be a guest down here and you want to come in and sit in and, and conversate and just enjoy the nonsensicality that sometimes occurs, uh-huh. um, you can do so um, on Facebook. You will find us at first name Blind Leading, all one word, last name The Blind, all one word. But you don't have to type the all one word part. That just means you don't put a space between those words. Yeah, see, you type it in as if it was all one word. That's how that works. Well, yes, but you don't need to type, yeah. Yeah, but don't type in all one word. And, and just make sure you use, you know, appropriate grammar and punctuation. You know, spelling. Spelling. Because I don't know where you wind up if you don't spell it right. It's true. You could, you could end up on a podcast with two blind chicks as hosts. That's true. It is a real podcast. Yes, yes it is. Called The Blind Leading the Blind. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Two blind girls have a podcast. They haven't come after us yet, but you know, nope. they, can't, they can't find us, so nope. it's okay. <laughs> yep, you said that in the if, microphone. If I hear tippy-tapping and dogs barking out in the hallway, I'll know we've been found. Oh, my gosh. How else could someone find <laughs> us? Scourge, uh, subject change. Uh, yeah, so if you don't want to use Facebook, you can send us an email. The email address is blindpod at gmail.com. If you are spelling impaired, that is B-L-I-N-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. If you need Braille, I am no help to you. Me either. All right, then. The first segment of the podcast. <laughs> you, you need to go because there's stuff bubbling no, up in before, my throat right Before now. we get going, I do want to uh, make an announcement slash congratulations. <clears throat> yes. You and I have had an incredible evening so far. We have. Uh, Derek was also there. 
Um, we got to go watch uh, my daughter's basketball team, uh, the Gilly Christian Eagles, junior high girls, won the state championship just about an hour ago. Uh, wait, do I have an applause? I don't remember which one. And the crowd goes wild. That's not it. There is an applause somewhere. Nope. Nope. There it is. There we go. Gilly and Christian girls, junior high girls basketball, state champions, ICSO state champions. That's great. I, they played very, very well. It was well. an incredible game. I was, it was amazing. Final score was what, 31 to? 31 to 11, I believe. As a, it was well done. Incredible. Congratulations, coaches, parents. I know parents put a lot of effort oh. into this stuff. Yeah, thank God basketball season's over. Yeah, well, track starts this week. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get that much involved in track, so (laughs) (laughs) I might watch two track meets a year. So, (laughs) Yes. Uh, But my wife does typically help coach. She does. Keep her in your prayers. (laughs) (laughs) All those those kids. Although I don't know if she is this year or not. I know they picked up another coach. They they have have um, an in- not an intern, not interim. Um, young girl who recently graduated college, and she's she played. She was on the track team, throwers, all through college. And oh, stuff. Okay. So she's getting her early coaching experience in by helping co- co- helping coach. Very our, cool. Very cool. Good. Yeah, so how coaches are built. Yep. Uh, okay. So first segment, as per usual. Dead report. Now, see, Derek, you're missing this. So you can't hear what I just hit. You can't hear the button that I just hit. Can you hear it? Yeah. Do you know what it's from? No. You ever seen a movie called uh, Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail? No. You should. Well, you need to watch it. It's a. It's. It's a little snippet from that movie. It's a feller going through the town, ringing the bell. Bring out your dead. Bring during, out your dead. During the plague. During the Black Plague, and they would just bring all the dead people out and throw them out in the street, and they would pick them up on a cart and take them away. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to check that so, out. So bring out your dead. Mr. Wilson? We have dead. We dead have report. dead people. First off, now this may not mean any. This, you know, So many of these things, I'm afraid that doesn't mean anything to other people, but it means something to me. Golden Richards has passed away. Yep. Right over your head. Yep. Don't know. He was a wide receiver for the Cowboys. That's why I don't know it. He was also involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Good for him. Um, out of Brigham Young University. I got to meet him um, at Beechwald Church of Christ in Columbus, Ohio, because he was there as part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and um, with another Ohio State player, I think they were trying to recruit him or encourage him to perhaps attend their school. But he stayed at BYU. Um I would have been about 10 or 11 years old, and I was enthralled with the fact that this guy was playing football. Hmm. Um, I w- what did you just do? I don't know. I hit touched something. something. I thought I was getting applause for Golden Richards. Oh, was your button down? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I was actually practicing the piano there in the great big sanctuary. Ah. And in came Golden Richards and somebody from Ohio State whose name I do not know with the uh, senior minister of uh, Mr. Drew Benton. Um, And they came up, and I remember him saying, oh, you play the piano. That's cool. So do I. So we played a little piano together when I was just a shaver. 
So Golden Richards, so he's passed away. He was 73 years old. I always picture him as that long-haired, kind of looking like sunshine a little bit. Okay. Out of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sunshine. That's how I remember him. Also, just today, mm-hmm. significant death. Okay, just today. Jacob Rothschild has passed away. One of the Rothschilds, Rothschilds is dead. I saw someone on my Facebook Me too. Feed That's where I got it. Said, <laughs> one Rothschild down. <laughs> now, the whole rest of the family is just fine. There's oh, siblings and all oh kinds of stuff, Lord. but one, one down. So if those of you who are keeping track, um, the Illuminati is minus one. They'll be recruiting. <laughs> So if I get a phone call in the middle of this podcast, I may have to go. They're one of the power four, right? (laughs) I don't think they will, just for some reason. And and that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up the dead report for this particular week. Well, that means that it's now time for news. So excited to hear those those drums and yeah. timpani just rolling up and it's the like, timpani roll. Get you going. Here that. Here that. What is it? Tick, not ticker tape. Teletype. Teletype. I always hear the teletype. I think you just said something inappropriate in Morse code. It could be. <laughs> okay. Would you have any news, sir? Uh, I do. Uh, I've recently found a news because I didn't have one, and so I went searching and I came across this. And it made my eye twitch a little bit, so I thought I'd share with everyone else and have their eye twitch as well. Now, this does not come from our local 10 TV news. Oh, I'm really disappointed then. Yeah. Um, This comes from Fox News. And they are just as uh, outraged as I am. (laughs) Uh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Lovely movie. Yes. You've seen it? Oh, I've seen it, yes. D- Derek, you've seen Mary Poppins? Never. What? you never seen Mary Poppins? Man. We're going to have to have a movie night here. For real. We'll do Monty Python and Mary Poppins. <laughs> Monty Poppins? Monty Poppins. Mary Python. Mary- Whoa. <laughs> uh, Sorry. In the 60s came roaring back all of a sudden. <laughs> um, Mary Poppins uh, was recently branded uh, with a PG rating. By the British Film Classification Board uh, for use of discriminatory language. Now, Mr. Wilson, you've been around for a lot longer than I have. I have. You've probably seen Mary Poppins way more times than I have. Uh, maybe. Um, do you remember any discriminatory language? You, when you brought this up, no, I remember nothing in there. I'm thinking about penguins. Did they say something about penguins dancing? Right. I mean, Dick Van Dyke. Sure. I have no idea. Yeah. what. So what? What? So this reads. Uh, I hope this is better written than a ten TV news article. I'm I'm, put, I'm I'm having faith here. We're about to find out. Uh, this reads: uh, the beloved 1964 film Mary Poppins has received PG rating to warn parents about the use of discriminatory language in the film. Per a recent report, the British Board of Film Classification, or the BBFC, that's n- now considers the 1964 tale of Julie Andrews' magical nanny to be not suitable for children to watch alone, despite the film enchanting generations of youngsters. Did it enchant you as a youngster? I don't think enchanted was quite the word I would use. (laughs) Did it entertain you? I think it probably did. Did it keep you busy? (laughs) Well, that was the goal of putting me in front of a movie. Although I I did see it in a theater. 
Because we didn't have movies on TV. When I was, yeah, yeah, I saw it in a theater. Uh-huh. The, probably the Clinton Theater. Which is now? Uh, it was a, boy, I don't know. It turned into an appliance store. And then I don't know what it is now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's still an appliance slash hardware store. Okay. Um, the reclassification is due to the use. Now, here's something that you're going to have to explain to me because I'm not old enough. I'm not as well seasoned. How's that? Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, is due to the use of the word Hottentot or Hottentots. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that word before? I have heard that word before. Did you understand it to be a discriminatory or derogatory term? No, I understood it to be a description of African pygmies. Okay. That is what came to my mind. Sure. Uh, the dated term was historically used by Europeans to refer to the Koekoa, a group of nomadic herders in South Africa, but is now regarded as racially offensive. Oh, Okay. Didn't used to be, but now it is, apparently. Well, Are you offended? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Atta boy. That's my guy right there. there <laughs> I don't know. I'm supposed to be? Tell me what I'm supposed to be, and I will be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Africa. I'm from America. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm from America. What are you talking about? Um... <laughs> We understand uh, from our racism and discrimination research oh, new research now. that a key concern for parents is the potential to expose children to discriminatory language or behavior, which they may find distressing or repeat without realizing the potential offense. Hmm. A BBFC spokesperson told Fox News Digital in a statement. They continued on by saying content with immediate and clear condemnation is more likely to receive a lower rating. The statement continued. Well, duh. The organization also shed light on its process for rating the film. Well, I'm fascinated (laughs) by their process. For context, we only review and potentially reclassify previously classified content when it's been formally resubmitted to us. So somebody got offended by this. There you go. Somebody got butthurt and said, y'all need to reclassify this. We originally classified Mary Poppins, you, as for okay for underage people, underage consumption. It is released in, uh, on its release in 1964 when you saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And again in 2013 for a theatrical re-release when I saw it in theaters. <laughs> the spokesperson added, most recently the film was resubmitted to us in February of 2024 for another another theatrical re-release and we reclassified it wow. PG for discriminatory language. Wow. That's just... Uh, uh, okay, whatever. So we've reached a point in our society... Where if somebody gets their feelings hurt or or finds something they don't like, then then they can force everyone else to have to agree with them. Well, that's where we are. I mean, the same reasoning that there are schools that have banned To Kill a Mockingbird and um, um, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. Those three books won me awards in writing in school. 
I just, I just don't I wrote understand. papers on those three books that won me awards. Yeah. <laughs> those are three of my, they're in my top five all-time favorite books. Oh, really? Yes. I don't know if I have a top five. You want to know another one of my top five? Please, please enlighten me. 1984. That's a good book. Uh-huh. I enjoyed 1984. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you get to live it, so. <laughs> you ain't playing, buddy. That's how that is. It's scary. Frightening. Yep. Yep. Anyway, you have a news? I do. Let's move on to something a little more interesting. I mean, not interesting, but a little more in, enlightening. Uplifting? uplifting? In, yeah, uplifting. Yeah, there we go. Something that's not as... You know there's an eclipse coming. Yes. Okay. Are, are you, are you going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about? I don't know. Delta Airlines. That's not what I thought you were talking about. Okay. I thought you were talking about big people. No, no, we're not talking about the Nephilim. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I can go there if you need me to. <laughs> Don't cross the streams, baby. And stay out of <laughs> South Central Illinois uh-huh. uh, after the eclipse. Anyway, Delta Airlines is offering the opportunity to experience the eclipse from the skies. Oh, boy. Pete. Delta, unfortunately, not Southwest. I know, sort but of upsets hey. me. But Delta, can they farm you out for one flight and we'll go? <laughs> I'll go up with Pete. I would too, any day. Delta flight 1218 will fly out of Austin, Texas on April 8th, and then we'll land in Detroit. Okay. The flight will be specifically operated on an A220-300. Okay. Okay, which is a, uh, an aircraft with overly large windows. Uh, okay. To maximize passenger experience. Sure, maximize viewing area. The Got it. flight will be timed for the best chance of viewing the solar eclipse at its peak with safety in mind. <laughs> the aircraft will spend as much possible time directly within the path of totality. Are the windows going to be tinted? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Otherwise, you ain't seeing nothing. <laughs> well, not after the after that, but yeah, I just I think that's very very cool. That they would do that. And, do, do they issue welding hoods upon uh, I, you know I, boarding I, the flight? I don't know. But, Otherwise, um, you're not going to be able to see anything. You I can't was, look at it. I was thinking about building an eclipse box. Well, I got a couple welding hoods. I'll loan you one. Well, all I need is a shoe. Stand, I need shoe boxes. Stand out in your driveway in a welding hood and look up. Yeah, you can. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. And the shadows. For I, those of you that don't know, watch the shadows on the ground during the eclipse. It is so cool. Okay. Why is it so cool? Because they take on, the shadows will become the shape of the eclipse at whatever moment. Uh-huh. Tree leaves are just so much fun to look uh-huh. at. During that. Yeah, they, anyway. they look like fire on the ground. Yeah, it's very cool. So there you go. Um, Pete, can you fly? Oh, he's already <laughs> going to be working. You know, if he has his little red rocket by then. I know. <laughs> fly right into that eclipse. It's only, it's only a two-seater, though. We can go one at a time. I'll wait. Okay, you bet you will. I might, I, to be honest, I, I might not even be awake by the time we get up there, but <laughs> I'd do it. I would, too. I'd probably pass out, but I'd do it. You don't like flying? I, I've only ever flown once, uh, and it was not particularly enjoyable uh, to big, me big big aircraft small plane yeah it was when i went to australia oh okay yeah 
That's a long flight. That's an annoyingly long flight. Well, there were lots of flights back to back, but yes. Um, yeah, it wasn't particularly enjoyable, and it's the only time I've ever been on an airplane. And so I, I honestly don't know what I would do now. I, my my go-to was just like, give me something to knock me out and wake me up when we get there. And I see miss all the fun. Um, so, yeah. Well. Okay, that's all I've that, got for news. I've I, got a whole bunch more stuff I could talk about, but I'm not going to. Sports news. Is there sports news? Yeah, there is. What sports news is happening? Oh, it's tell me, tell me, tell baseball me. Baseball season, yes, baby. Yes, sir, it is. My Braves won. Mm-hmm. Your Reds won. My Reds have won three games. They lost one today. They lost a split squad game, but they won the other one. So. I don't know how many total mine have. I've been trying to sort of let it chill in the corner for a while before I get too involved. Oh, I can't do that. I, <laughs> uh, this is not possible. We beat Cleveland, and then we beat the Angels. And then we beat the Dodgers, and I think there's a... No, maybe we have four wins. So there was a split squad today. Baseball's back, baby. Baseball's back. I'm so happy. Baseball's back. You know, the Braves... Dylan and I on Sunday were looking to see when the Braves are coming to Ohio. You should. You should go. You should go. I've never been to a professional game. Oh, my. They play the Reds. Oh, yeah. They will play the at Reds. At home. Yeah. Or at your home in Cincinnati. Yes. We could go. I know. That would be so much fun. <laughs> Temptation. <laughs> I'm tempting you. How much does it cost to go to a ball game? I don't know. A couple a hundred bucks? A whole lot of money, probably. Is it? Yeah. I don't know what tickets are anymore. I have no See, idea. See, I remember going within the student section. Well, yeah. Riverfront Stadium sure. in, the, in the 70s. Sure. And it was like three bucks a ticket. Yeah. I have been and to Riverfront Stadium, but it was not for a baseball game. Yeah. What was there? Concert. Oh. Who was it? Dwight Yoakam. Oh, okay. And and among other people. I think it was yeah. Dwight Yoakam, Travis Tritt, Kentucky Headhunters. Oh, that's a good Open concert. for them. That's a good concert. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. That's it for news. I have no more news of any import. If you have want more news, ask me afterwards. Okay. Well, you uh, come up to me, send me emails, do something. Catch me on Facebook. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me on Facebook. How about that? <laughs> Fun facts. Here we go. Good Lord. Oh, good Lord. What's the matter? Nothing. No, nothing is the matter. Arose with a clatter. Roseanne's getting fatter. I don't know. Is it Christmas already? Did I did I miss more than a week? I can rhyme. You can rap. That's right. I can. I won't. Please, thank you. But I can. I know. You actually do a pretty good job. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of frightening. Uh, fun fact, me, Mister Wilson. Well, you mentioned Mary Poppins. I did. My fun fact has. To do with another beloved literary classic. Is that so? Yes. Regale me, please. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Is that Mike so, hot? Is that what? Yeah, that was that mic. That the mic's whole time. hot. Yeah. Yeah. Over there with them headphones going ear, 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 ear yeah. on the mic. It was scary. Lord, the whole time. I thought maybe my neck was finally going. I was trying to figure out what was, I was like, what is making all this noise? All right, go ahead. Fun fact, me, Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan. So this, so I've been reading this strange, small vignette, small pieces of ancient 
and up through modern Scottish history. Yes. Really fascinating book. Yes. Um, and I found out some really interesting things that drove me down a few rabbit holes over the course of the time I was reading the book, believe it or not. Okay. However, there's a whole chapter devoted to, to David Barry, uh, the older brother of J.M. Barry, who uh-huh. wrote Peter Pan. Now, there's uh, Peter Pan itself is kind of a dark book. Very. Um, and you can see a lot of really bizarre things in Peter Pan if you choose to. Very. It's a very dark book. Did you know that J.M. Barry's older brother, David, was the boy who wouldn't grow up? I did. He went ice skating, he fell on the ice, fractured his skull, and he's died. Now, their mother, Margaret, did not take this well. He, James Barry remembered how he tried to fill the emotional void by dressing up in his older brother's clothes... And going into his mother's room, and she would say, is that you? And I said in a little lonely voice, no, it's not him. It's just me. So this is a little creepy, okay? Two of the older sisters Uh had qualified as teachers. Yes. And he followed them to Glasgow Academy. Yes. And they looked after him. He met there at this academy. Uh, he befriended Hal and Stuart Gordon, whose home was a wooded garden at Moltbray House, close to the school. And certain young mathematicians would shed their triangles in the middle of the night, creep up walls and down trees, and become pirates in a sort of odyssey that was long after to become the play Peter Pan. Uh-huh. He saw the genesis of that book. Um, they lived in the treetops. Yep. Um, with coconuts attached onto them. Uh, and he kept a logbook of all their depredations. An eerie journal without a triangle in it to mar the beauty of the page. As these guys got caught up in what they were caught up in. <laughs> I'm not giving you all the information. Yes, indeed, you are holding back. I am. If, if it, it weren't, or not. if it were not for the fact that I already know this story, I would, I would not know that you were holding back. I'm but holding I do back know that lot. you are holding back. Now, there's also, a lot to that. Also, he would go for walks in Kensington Garden. Yes, and he took his giant Saint Bernard uh-huh. named Porthos. Porthos. He struck up a friendship with the Davies family, in particular their children, George, Jack and baby Peter, as well as their nanny, Mary Hodgson. And Barry would entertain them by waggling his ears and moving his eyebrows up and down and by telling them stories. Now, James Barry was actually only about five feet, three inches tall. When he met little Margaret Henley and her mother, a new friendship grew and a new Christian name was created. The child adored Barry and called him my Fwendy. You are my Fwendy. But like someone, young, some young ones, she couldn't say the R very well, so it came out Fwendy, and it also morphed into Fwendy Wendy. You are my Fwendy Wendy. Aged only six, the little girl died. <laughs> yes. But her Fwendy made sure that she was immortalized. The stories, of course, that he wrote revolve around baby Peter, um, and 
The author insisted that babies had been birds before they were born and could fly. And so to prevent them from escaping, the parents had bars attached to nursery windows. And Barry's tale was about one baby who did escape and flew out through the nursery window, eventually reaching Neverland. (laughs) So the ghosts of David Barry, his older brother, Margaret Henley, the garden with all the mathematicians doing their stuff in the trees, and all his little pirates, and, and the big dog, and the Davies children all came together in Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up. Just one final note on this, mm-hmm. because there is much more. So much more. <laughs> so Well, much let more. me go back just a little bit. Um, uh, David Barry died, Margaret Henley died, uh, George Llewellyn Davies was killed in action in Flanders. His brother Michael drowned in 1921, and Peter himself had an unhappy life and wound up throwing himself under a train in 1960. Just letting you know that it's a hideous story. Um, there was a statue that was erected uh, in Kensington Gardens in 1912, but there was disappointment. The sculptor had used an, a conventionally good-looking good child as a model. Barry was not impressed. He said, it doesn't show the devil in Peter. So the next time you have the opportunity to... He also wrote a couple other plays. And let me just put these in there uh-huh. to give you some idea. What Every Woman Knows is one of them. And Dear Brutus. I highly recommend Dear Brutus. <laughs> I'm sure you do. If, you, if you've never uh, seen or read or heard of Dear Brutus, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. You can find it on Libby, it, I it believe. It is incredibly, incredibly deep and yes. dark. Yes. So as we think of children's books and the reclassifying of them, <laughs> let Peter Pan be your guide. Straight on till morning, baby. Straight First on till morning. All right. <laughs> First star on the right and straight on the morning, boys. You know, so, what's interesting is that so many happy children's uh, movies and yeah. or stories that we know today uh, have their origin in really dark places. Some of them back to medieval, the Grimm's Grimm fairy tales. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of the fairy tales you like Snow White, uh, Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So many of these fairy tales got their beginnings with people like the Grimm's brothers and the originals are so not what you know they are today. Uh, incredibly dark. Some of them scarily so. Oh yeah. Violent yeah. And dark uh, you, you would, stories. You would, you would say in many cases highly inappropriate. Yeah. Yes. Children should not be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but you know, people got a hold of them and 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 figured out a way to take these stories and make them happy. Yes, <laughs> and in homage of that, sometime if you ever want to read something fun, you should find the Gashley Crumb Tinies, which is an alphabet book by Edward Gorey. Anything um, you can get your hands on by, by Edward, Edward Gorey is oh yes, is <laughs> wonderful. B is for Basil, devoured <laughs> by bears. <laughs> <laughs> and as for Neville, who died of ennui. 
And that's just a couple of them. It gets really weird. Good morning to you, sir. Are you perhaps a werewolf? <laughs> Nay? Would you like to be? Well, wolf. Ah, there, wolf. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's fun. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Peter Pan, I bring the most interesting things to listen, the table. Listen. I, yeah. I, Peter Pan, the dark history of Peter Pan is absolutely fascinating. Yes, it is. And we uh, celebrate it in a Disney movie for children. <laughs> Yay, us. Yeah. Um, there what? is... Oh, I was going to say something, and now it just... Felt the fell headphones out. didn't hold it in. It okay. fell out. Um, so anyway, uh, did I have? A f- I had a fun fact. You had a fun fact, and I then did. you lost it. I, probably. I closed it because I got distracted by Peter Pan. Oh, it's easy to do that. Uh, here we go. Fun fact. This is in fact a fact, and it is fun, sort of. Mine wasn't very fun, but for it was someone. a fact. So let's go for fun. In 2012. Now this is a love story. Oh. Uh. In 2012. After his girlfriend broke up with him, a Chicago man... That's not fun so far. ...bought a car... Okay. ...for $500. Uh, midlife crisis? ...in her name. Oh. ...and abandoned it, illegally parked at an airport. Oh, this is great. <laughs> the car accumulated over $100,000 in parking fines, which the city demanded that his ex-girlfriend pay. Wow. Boy, oh, take that. He put the nail in that one, didn't That's he? right. Break my heart, I break your wallet. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I, I want to know the, the, the denouement of that. Did she prove that she'd never purchased the I mean, I want to know more. All right, right. I, okay. That's all I have. Big Rob, I know once in a while you listen. <laughs> I want you to dig this because I know you can. You know people who can dig up the oh, information yeah, on this. Sure, you got you're, you're in the court system. hands that can find this one, but you're, you're, you're in the court system yourself. So can you imagine being taken into a court and the bailiff is Big Rob? <laughs> I will behave. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Man's a mountain. Six five. God. Although he told me the other day he's lost about 160 pounds. Really? Yeah, stress good is a, for him. Stress is an outstanding I mean, diuretic for It's him, not a good said. way to lose that weight, uh, right. but so, good for you, bud. So if you know Rob, pray for him, because we love him. Yeah. A bunch. He's on. Uh, he's on my mirror. He's on your mirror. Yeah. What do you mean? I have oh, your prayer st- mirror. Yeah, I have sticky notes on on the mirror. Yeah. Um, and I write things in there to remind me to make sure that I cover these things in prayer. Do you, so, ever, do you ever pray for church leadership? I do. There's all of them actually. Yeah. I, I just need you to stop praying for me because it's oh. re- really not fun when you well, do. It's not me you got to worry about. When my wife starts I praying, know, I look know. out. I know. My wife starts praying, look out, boys. I've actually had people like call us up or catch us in church. Like, hey, please stop praying. Please. <laughs> I can't take it no more. Yeah. God is afraid of your wife. <laughs> He's not afraid of my wife, but he listens to her. Um, <laughs> he inclines his ear. Uh, as the word says. Anyway. effectual fervent prayer of Alora availeth much. The, the effectual fervent prayer of an angry black woman availeth much. <laughs> okay. Half black. Sorry. Half black. 
Well, you offended me about one sixteenth. So. Well, listen, you little hot and tot. Stop it. <laughs> Did you know that the, the, the origin of the name Wilson may have some Norse in it? I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. So. Uh, considering the fact that the Highlands of Scotland yeah. uh, were, you know, occupied by yes. the Norse. And the, the gun clan out of which we come was way, about as far north as you can get. Right. So uh, we're way up there. There's an island Orkney. off the north coast. Orkneys? Orkney? No. Um, um, on the uh, west side is the Ork, uh, is the um, Outer Hebrides. Yeah. Oh, and then there's another island. Yes, and I other read side. About that. Yeah, okay. Real tiny little thing. There's nothing there but yes. sheep. Yes. People and sheep. There's like six people and a million sheep. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. All right. So... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, After all of that, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes uh, today's section of fun facts. There we go. I'll, I'll play the noise to play you out of it, so everybody knows we're done. I would stay innervated were it not for that. Song. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk topic. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Derek came down here to uh, sit in on a recording of an episode. He's still here. I bet I you. I mean, the man's he, got staying power. Hadn't, he else. hadn't ran out the door yet. Um, Screaming. Uh, so just sort of on, you know, sometimes when Wilson and I week, week in and week out, come down here and hammer through topic after topic, after topic, after three years, uh, sometimes we kind of walk into this room and go, I have no idea what to talk about. (laughs) Um, and then that leaves it up to me sometimes. And you don't want me doing that too often. Because <laughs> I'll just vomit all over you. <laughs> um, so I, I thought tonight, uh, since Derek asked, I, I asked Derek, hey, is there anything you want to talk about? And he mentioned something about temptation. And that reminded me that, you know, from the very beginning of our podcast, we never really have covered too many of like. Basic? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Where do I, where, how do you put it? 101? Yeah, 101, Christianity 101 type stuff. Because of the nature of who you and I are, we sort of dove into what's the weirdest, most uh, abrasive, way out in left field topics that we could possibly talk about. And that's kind of what we've been running through for the last like three years. Yeah. Um, and we kind of never really went into any kind of like 101 type stuff. We, we did a, an episode or two of Christianity 101. Yeah, sure. A little bit. Um so, but tonight we're going to uh, talk about temptation a little bit. Um, so Derek had mentioned uh, a scripture uh, before we started recording. And uh, it was in James. It, it was in the book of James. And uh, essentially what it was saying was that uh, God doesn't tempt people, right? Temptation is evil and temptation doesn't come from God. Temptation comes from our own lust, lustful desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are tempted, don't blame God. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, first of all, I guess the, 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 the first thing to say, what, how, how do we define... Uh, what how, is temptation? How, how do we recognize temptation as it applies to our practical lives. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm going to... Um, temptation takes a variety of forms. It sure does. There is not an area of a person's life, not a single one. Sure. That is immune to temptation in one form or another. No people, no matter how long you've been serving God, no matter how much theology you know, no matter how many years of Bible college you attended, no matter how many years Three. you've been preaching. <laughs> Good on you, boy. Uh, it, it, none of that matters. Temptation hits everybody, right? Yes. There's some, uh, somewhere in the Bible there's a scripture that says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Mm-hmm. No one is immune from temptation, mm-hmm. right? It finds all of us, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so th- the question becomes, how do we recognize it? When it's coming. Because it's different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. What tempts me is not necessarily what's going to be tempting for you. Right. Right? And so on and so forth down the line. So the question is, how do you recognize what's coming mm-hmm. at you as temptation? It, it's easy to see some of those things, okay? Mm-hmm. Pretty girl. Sure. For our female listeners, a good-looking guy. Sure. Okay? Whether it's on TV or movie, whatever. Um, for some people, it's, you know, substances. Sure. Um, you hear somebody talking about how all the stuff they used to do, and you sort of go, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Or... <laughs> And that's a temptation. Sure it is. Okay. Temptation is not sin, however. Let's, I don't know. We're gonna, we, we need to cover this very yeah. quickly. <laughs> um, just because you're tempted doesn't mean that you are evil uh-huh. or that you are sinning. Correct. Um, and when people look at someone else and go, when someone says, well, I was tempted by this, there, some people, and, and I think a lot of sometimes very immature Christians, Go, oh, well, there must be sin there then. Uh, no. <laughs> so uh, a really practical way to talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll use myself as an example, okay? I was hoping it was me. <laughs> so, I mean, I could use you as an example, but I won't. I'll let you do that. Okay. Um, so when I, and I'll just throw it, one of, a lot of my number one most active sinful desires that are at the very surface, right? They're not necessarily deep rooted things. They're just surface level things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I like big booty, dark skinned women, right? And I know where they're all at, at all times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I literally can walk into Walmart and within three seconds of walking in or Meyer or Kohl's or whatever place I'm at, I've already seen all of them. I've already seen every female in split seconds. It happens. Mm-hmm. I already know where they're all at. So by the time my wife goes, oh, my gosh, can you believe what she's wearing? Yeah, I already saw it 10 minutes ago, babe. Yeah. You're late. Yeah. You're too late. I've already been there. Right? And she knows, being right. my wife, she, and we can get into this later, too, about, you know, diverting temptation right and she knows why i snatch her up and stick her in front of me Uh it's because i want to stare at her butt right not everybody else's right because i'm tempted to look at all of them Mm -hmm. 
but I only want to look at hers Mm -hmm. because I don't want to sin. Temptation is not sin, but temptation will lead you to sin, Mm -hmm. right? So I know the temptation is there. It's there immediately, all the time. doesn't really go away. So you have to put things in place. That's one of my surface level things. Another surface level thing, I was talking about it Wednesday night the other night. Derek's in my Wednesday night small group. He heard me talk about this. All right. It's been, what, 20 years since I smoked weed, right? I came into an interaction with marijuana in one of the places I had to work in, and my body had such a physical reaction to being in the presence mm-hmm. of marijuana. And I went, oh my goodness. Isn't that something, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy that it's been 20 years mm-hmm. and still right there. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. And so but because I reacted that way, does that mean I sin? No. No, I, it I, means my flesh still is flesh. Yeah. It means my flesh still wants what the flesh wants. It's still operating. It's still there, still kicking. But you accepted Jesus. Correct. He's your Savior. Correct again. You call him Lord. Absolutely. I thought we were going to be made perfect. You thought wrong. You betcha. See, here's the thing. The only righteousness that we have as human beings is the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's it. We have no other righteousness. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Now, that term filthy rags means, uh, to put it mildly, used women's feminine products. Yes. Women have cycles. They use products to catch the outflow of that cycle when they're done being used in the throne trash bin. That is what our righteousness is. Uh That nastiness. Yeah. We have none. The only righteousness that we have is the blood of Jesus. So this idea that somehow God's going to make us perfect or make us without sin or make us so that we won't be tempted. Nowhere in scripture does it say we won't be tempted. What it does say is when you are tempted, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. It does let you know. That temptation, that's not from God. Right. Is he allowing it to happen? Well, yeah. Sure he is. Either causes or allows everything. Sure. Temptation does not come from God. Right. But he allows us to go through temptation. Right. Okay. You cannot be tempted by God. That literally says that in scripture. That's what we read earlier, right? So... This idea that somehow, once you've been serving Jesus for a while, that you won't be tempted or you won't sin anymore, that's just a flat-out lie. Mm -hmm. Your flesh is still flesh. It's always going to be there till the day you die. Mm -hmm. You're never going to shake that. Mm -hmm. What does happen is it gets easier to recognize and resist temptation yes over time through like muscle memory right go go ahead 
you're going to put a qualifier on that. No. No? If you are not tempted, you will not recognize what temptation looks and feels like. So, trying to avoid temptation, yes, is, is a positive Good. thing. Good. Do, do not practice. put yourself in those positions. <laughs> Don't go do but dumb when stuff. when it happens, and it will sneak up on you, uh-huh. understand what it is. And it doesn't, being tempted doesn't make you a bad person. The other side of that coin uh-huh. is something that I want to be very careful about saying. But I have heard people, when, when someone is talking about their temptation, I have heard other people say, well, they must be knee deep in their sin because they were talking about their temptation. Do you understand that that what? person? Yes, I have heard that. They must be doing it or they wouldn't be talking about what? it. What? Well, that, whoever said that is wrong? Yes. And that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Because what that person is actually doing is looking at another person and saying, well, the work of Jesus does not apply to you. That is scarily close. And I'll say this because I'm not scared. That statement, when you say that, is very, very, very scarily close to the unforgivable sin. And here's why I say that. Because you're really close to looking at something that is God. Yes. And is God moving? Yes. And saying that's not God. Right. Very close. That's why I want that warning, that caution, that thought out there. Absolutely. Because I have heard it and it scares the patootie out of me. Yeah, that's It's it and it's it you know, there are self-righteous Christians. We can all be self-righteous. Absolutely. Okay? We can. But there are people who who, who glory in their self-righteous, in their own righteousness or sure. their perception of it. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. Their perceived righteousness. Yes. Sure. yes. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I, 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 yeah, that had to come out. So let's talk a little bit about how temptation works. Okay. okay. And the Bible tells us. Yep. Okay. So it says that the devil roams the earth like a roaring lion, Rawr. seeking whom he may devour. Right? Yep. It says to watch and pray. Mm-hmm. So that you don't get caught by that roaring lion. Mm-hmm. To pay attention to your surroundings, to what's going on, so you don't walk into it. Be of sober mind. Sober mindedness. Being aware and clear headed enough and honest enough with yourself to say, I'm tempted by that, I shouldn't go there. Or to be able to recognize the change in your surroundings, the people, the places, the things in your surroundings that are changing, to go, oh no, I need to get out of here. Right? Right. I want to give this practical example. I love it when the Bible uses things and and people think it's just allegory when in, 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 but really when you look at the literal acting out of it, it, it literally tells the story, right? So in Africa, the way that lions get their food, they roam around seeking whom they may devour. Mm -hmm. They find the group. Okay. And they sneak up. Now, they don't just go in and get them, right? Because usually in Africa, there's no cover. Right. On the plains, like the Serengeti, there's very, very little cover. One of the tactics that they will use is they'll get on a high point. One of them will get on a high point while the rest of them are scattered out in the grass. And he'll roar. 
and he'll start walking in towards the group, real slow, just chilling out, mm-hmm. roaring, making a bunch of noise. What happens? It scatters the group. They fear because sound carries for a long way. Mm-hmm. They don't know where it's come from. They get scared, and so they scatter. Mm-hmm. When they scatter, all of a sudden, there has now been created an opportunity for the slow and the weak to get picked off. Mm-hmm. Because of their fear, yeah. they lose all track of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. They completely lose any and all clear-headedness, sober-mindedness. And of their group. And of their group. And they run off over here, not knowing they're running straight into the mouth of the lion they didn't see. Mm-hmm. Translate that into... How we as Christians operate. Temptation raises its ugly head, roars. Mm -hmm. We get all hung up about it. We get in fear. We get distracted by it. We start (gasps) focusing, (gasps) freaking out, right? Right. Now, instead of, now we're looking for the lion. Instead of focusing on God, now we're looking for the lion. Mm -hmm. That fear and anxiety. And that freaking outness drives us away from our group. Instead of finding safety in the body, we isolate and mm-hmm. go out here on the fringe, mm-hmm. right? And we get picked off. Mm-hmm. Because there's no support network out there. We're going to talk about support networks in a second, but, and why that's so important. But that's exactly how it happens in nature, and it's exactly what the Bible says happens, mm-hmm. Right? How many times have you and I, over the years, watched people? Oh yeah. They they freak out, and, and, and you, you can you can. It's okay. It's just loud noise. Calm down. It's just like settle down. It's okay. It's just stop freaking out. It's just noise. Don't run away. It's okay. We're all here. Stay yeah. with the group. We'll be okay. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. They isolate. Mm-hmm. Cut off contact with the body. Mm-hmm. Now they're having to fight that temptation alone. Mm-hmm. And they get eaten. Mm-hmm. Isolation is the number one glaring neon sign that someone's about to get eaten by a lion. Yes. And it's not always physical isolation. No. There is a spiritual, emotional um, isolation that happens for a lot of people. Sure. They just withdraw. Sure. They quiet quit quiet from quit. the from the body of Christ. Yeah. And and go inside themselves. Sure. Even though they're there every Sunday, even though they're still doing stuff, they have isolated themselves from the body of Christ for any number of perceived reasons. This is how important it is to build relationships in the body of Christ. Yes. Because we'll use you and I as an example. I could keep coming to church and keep doing the things that I do and do all these things. But if I stop talking to him, then I'm going to start poking. If I don't, if I don't text him for more than like three days. Oh, it's one day. It's, it's, <laughs> le- it's less than that. I'm just that. saying, if it went three days, he'd oh, be on my doorstep. I would, yeah, I'd be tracking you down. Right. Even though I'm still coming to church, I'm still doing all these things. But if I just stop talking to him, uh-huh. because you and I... Our friends, you, you, we are accountability buddies. We have this relationship. You would immediately know 
Warning, Will Robinson. Something's Danger. not right. What's happening? Something is going on. Of course, Why me, I would go, what have I done? He doesn't love me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it happens. It's that quiet quit. People stop talking to people. Right. Right? I'm done. Yes. And all of a sudden, and, and people don't recognize it. The rest of the herd doesn't recognize it because they, they haven't built relationships. Right. Yeah, if you're not involved in relationships in the herd, you know, the herd of Christ. Sure, the body of Christ. The herd of <laughs> the Christ. I just yeah, yeah. heard. Then, then you ha- you're losing a part of your protect. Excuse me, your protection. Sure. It, it, it's like, I, I guess I would think, I, I put a challenge out there to everybody in the body of Christ, right? P- start paying attention. See if you notice when people start quiet quitting. Yes. It's, it's so easy in most churches to quiet quit and get away with it. You, yeah, around here, not so easy. Not here. <laughs> Somebody's going to call you on it. Yeah. Or at least check. Or, che- the, Are it, you okay? Everything okay? What? Is there something we... I, do you need to have coffee? That is a good point to make. I said call you on it. You said check on them. Yeah. Same thing. I'm old. I'm into wellness checks. Same <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. So many people look at checking in on someone as, why are you coming at me? Get out of my business. Right. And if you get that response, then you know, oh, well, I might need to push just a little more. Right. Well, what I'm saying is, though, this mindset of, well, if if I check on them, they'll think that I'm putting them in check. (laughs) <laughs> see see what I did there but also there are some people who need the check rather than the checking on oh yeah but then there are other people who need the checking on rather than the check yeah well, how do you know that how in the world would you know what that person needs <gasps> a relationship with them know true. who they are true no if you have someone in your in your one of your circles Refer back a couple episodes. Go back a couple episodes. We talked about circles. Then you then you at least have some awareness of what's going on and how they react to things. Yep. There are people that I know that react differently to the same spiritual stimuli or the same the, 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 the same temptation comes up in two or three people's lives. Yep. And they're going to react differently. Yep. It's my job if I have a relationship with them to see that. I don't always. Yep. Yeah, I don't either. That doesn't mean that I'm wrong. I don't think anybody does. Right. So it's, it's, that's, um, yeah. But it's important to look for it in relationships. It's important to to understand who it is you're in a relationship with. Right. And it's also why it's, we talk about transparency all the time in here. It's, it's important to allow people to know what your temptations are. Oh, absolutely. So that they can help. Right. If they see the ship, starting to sink they can go whoa 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 what's going on Mm -hmm. right you know all of my hot buttons (laughs) and you know mine right so it's important right so let's so let's recap first before we move forward (laughs) first things first temptation does not equal sin it's not the same thing correct it will lead to sin if you allow it to yes but everyone is tempted Right, of so, their own desires, uh, of their own desires. 
It, it is in the Bible. Uh, it's important to have relationships in the body of Christ so yep. that when you are tempted, you can run to the herd and not mm-hmm. away from the herd. It makes it a lot harder to get eaten. And there's protection. There's support. By the way, if you find yourself starting to drift away from the herd, I suggest you run back into it because you have no support network. You're by yourself. Isolation is isolation. You cut off all the support. As much as most people don't like to hear it, you need other people. We are created to need other people. Well... As long as they love me, I just don't want to have right, to love them. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, there you go. No, we are created to for community. We are created to belong to belong to each other. That's why Scripture says, "Submit yourself one to another. Mm-hmm. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together." Right. From the very beginning, we were made to be together. That's why God put Adam and Eve together somewhere in a garden, right? So it's important to be in the body. Mm -hmm. Don't isolate from the body, especially when temptation comes. Don't run away and go over here and hide and think you can, I'll wrestle it and then I'll come back. No, run to the body. Wave all those flags, write all those sins on your chest, on your t-shirt and say, help. Uh." It comes to transparency. If, if if you cannot be transparent with the body and the body cannot be transparent with you, then we're setting up a system that is that, that's going to fail when someone needs assistance in their temptation. For sure. Or needs just awareness. If if you, you won't go to someone who is not who you know is not willing to be transparent about their own stuff in general. Uh-huh. It's harder to be transparent with someone who refuses to be transparent. Right. So that's uh, that's the give and take. That's the, the sure. brotherhood of the body. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about. We've talked. We got to hurry up. We've talked about. Um, we've talked about how to recognize temptation. Run to the body. Don't isolate. Right. Right. So let's talk about resisting temptation. Okay. okay. Now, part of this whole body of Christ thing, the herd mentality, right? is putting up protection plans in, in, in place to deal with temptation, mm-hmm. right? Again, I'll refer back to myself, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's go back to my love of big booty women, right? There are people, places, and things that I put up mm-hmm. so that I don't go chasing every big booty woman I see, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Namely, my wife. Yes, who would kill you? Sure, she would kill me and then all of them and probably you too for being there. Um, but I get involved just in for this. being Wait a accomplice, right? Yes. <laughs> but listen, I know, and this is where all these things start to tie together, is right here, okay? Mm-hmm. I know that I can trust my wife so I can be vulnerable mm-hmm. with my temptation the divulgence of my temptation, Mm -hmm. trusting that she won't use that against me. Right. Two, I know that we're on the same team. Yeah. And so I know she's got my back Mm -hmm. and I know she's also got my front. Right. And so I know that when we're going, like 
one of the biggest things for me, if we're going to Polaris Mall, she already knows when we get out of the car, uh-huh. her job is to walk in front of me the entire time that we're in there. <laughs> yeah, and my eyes are glued to her rear end yeah. the entire time we're in there. Yeah. Sure, I like to look at it, but it's mainly so that I don't look everywhere else. Right. Right? Right. She learned this early on. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. Right? And so, but it's it seems silly. Right? And, and to be honest, you know, we've, we've been married for, what, 19 years? This Holy cow. 18 years? 19 years. 18. 19 years. Wow. 19 years. Wow. Um, and so we're completely honest and open. We understand the Mm -hmm. fact that it's not like, you know, I saw that chick whose rear end was the size of a Cadillac and is painted on jeans. You know, I saw it from 200 yards out. Right. Okay. Right. It's almost a, so what, but you saw it. Right. Right. It is a, so what, but I care enough to take extra measures to not. Right. Let's talk about something different besides women, right? Let's talk about, for me, let's talk about marijuana. Okay. Right? So, I know that after 20 years, mm-hmm. I still want it. Mm-hmm. I found that out the other day. Mm-hmm. I have had no desire mm-hmm. until it hit me and I went, holy crap, I still want that. What yeah. in the world? Yeah. Right? And so, I have been telling that story to as many people as I can Uh because it's important for every person around me Uh to know Uh my flesh still wants that. It's still a temptation for me. Yes. Right. Don't, don't ever think you got it beat. Oh no, because God will show you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I hadn't even thought about weed. Like, not in a, oh, I want to go smoke weed thing. In, like, you know, 20 years. Right. And all of a sudden, there it is. And my flesh just went, yeah. right? And I was like, wow. Okay. Right? Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something for you. Okay. What's a temptation for you? I, I had thought, I had believed that booze was just, it was gone. Sure. And God did, temporarily. <laughs> he just removed it. Probably had to. Yeah, or else I wouldn't have been around <laughs> to do any of the other things he might lay on me. But this last Christmas, there were a couple, three instances mm-hmm. when I was, I, I saw a commercial on TV. Uh-huh. It was a Maker's Mark commercial. Yep, sure. And they were dipping the wax on the top of that. And I, I can get enthralled with this. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, the origin of the world thrall is slavery. We should talk about that. Yeah, we will someday. Anyway, I watched that and I went, oh, and I realized that my mouth was watering and the points in my mouth that bourbon, good bourbon hits uh-huh. was hidden. The other thing that happened was I think, I think somehow we had shared a picture but it, or, or, or there was something that I saw that had a, a Blanton's bottle. <laughs> yes. A Blanton's has a particular style of bottle. Yes. And I was looking at the picture and my thumb was rubbing over the cuts on the top ridge of that bottle. Uh-huh. I realized in, that I could in your mind's feel eye. it in my mind. Uh-huh. I didn't have the bottle anywhere near me. Sure. But it was like, oh, yeah, oh you feel that. that's still there. Uh-huh. And it reminded me that I'm not, 
that that still may be a temptation. Uh-huh. And so I need to make sure that people know that. Sure. And so I did. I told three or four, five, 12, 50 people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you do not let me do that. <laughs> right. But I'm not going to because one of the things that I recognize, even though I am still tempted, I recognize the pain that it would cause. Recognize the danger. Right. To me and to dozens of other people. <sighs> the whole world, right, around me. The whole world yeah. around me. So yeah. bad. Yeah. It, well, in, in having this conversation, right, it's funny. When you enter into these conversations with people who don't necessarily think uh-huh. along these lines, uh-huh. right? I, I work with some folk who enjoy bourbon. Uh-huh. They buy and sell and trade bourbon on a daily basis. Yeah. And so... More often than I'd like, I'm around bourbon at one point or another in every given week, right? At some point or another, fairly early on in in the relationship with people that I work with, I remember at one point going, okay, well, I'm going to go sit out in the van. I'll be back. Just let me know when you're done. Right? Why? Because I was in a room surrounded by... The world's best bourbon, mm-hmm. you know, fifteen hundred dollar bottles of bourbon, right? Right. And now, I don't really think I would have drank any of it, no, because I'm not that stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to open that door again, right? Right. But why would I sit and stew in it to what to prove that I'm bad enough? Right, to prove that I have the to, power. To prove over that my I'm okay. Flesh. Yeah. Right? No. So, so I, I, I removed myself and I went and go sat and played on my phone until a person asks, Are you okay? Like, what was that about? I'm like, Look, man, you do what you want to do. I'm no judging. I, right. I, I can't, be, can't there. be in there. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> I got issues, bro. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about my issues. Right? Oh. Why? Well, I, I didn't realize that. It's cool. I'm not mad at you. Right? I'm, I'm not mad I, about it at all. I took myself out of a tempting situation. Right. Right? It's amazing how many people who are Christians, self-proclaimed Christians, and I won't argue their level of Christianship. You can't. Not my job. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But people who I would expect to understand this kind of look at you sideways like, all right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't get it. Just because it's not your temptation doesn't mean it's not a temptation. Right. <laughs> understand that we are not supposed to use our freedom to feed our flesh. Right. Remember that from last Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Right? We're not supposed to use our freedom in Christ to feed our flesh or to lead our brothers and, and sisters, sisters into as a stumbling temptation. block, lots of mill, yeah, millstone. Right? Yeah. Sure. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but the number of people that I expect to understand that principle because they're quote unquote Christians, they love Jesus, they love people, they go to church, they do. I expect them to understand that as a matter of course. Right. 
and it's like speaking Japanese to them. Well, let's let's get a, a solid example in here. Because I am arrogant and full of my own thoughts, uh-huh. can be, sure, and am, um, it's very easy for me to slip into finding fault and complaining. Um, I have to be careful when I am around people who love to find fault and complain. Right. I have to either not participate in that conversation or say, I think we can do better. Uh-huh. Um, because it's, I can fall into it in a heartbeat. Now, what has happened in the last couple of weeks is God has begun, has begun to deal with me about that arrogant part of me that expects improvement in behavior from people or expects or, or allowing myself to determine what they can or can't do based on my perception of who they are and what they have done. Uh-huh. And that became a protective mechanism. I believed myself operating in a protective mechanism for this body of Christ. I painted it up with so much Jesus. It would take piles of paint stripper to get it off. Uh Uh, But God went, nope, here, there's that opportunity. Here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Why don't we just go ahead and talk about it publicly (laughs) from the pulpit on Sunday morning. <laughs> because I'm not sure you're getting it. Kawamo. Kawamo. And when I woke up, no. <laughs> Happily there were there are people who go someone said to me yesterday, because um, I I went to them and asked them a question and they went, "Well, you know you were wrong, right?" And I went, "Yeah. I didn't know how wrong I was." And so now I'm going back to revisit another this topic with a totally different heart, uh-huh. a totally different means of thinking about it. So the subtlety of temptation, sure, will I will find people who have desires similar to mine, or I will be in contact with those people, and I have to be aware that I got to be careful. Uh-huh. So I either have to remove myself or stop them. Yeah, because you get comfortable. Because I get real comfortable it in that. It starts feeling really nice to it, snuggle into those blankets. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, and, you, because you and me are on the same page, right? We can talk about it together, right? Yeah, we, we, we can, can talk, but we, we love can commiserate. Jesus. We love Jesus, so we can talk about that person's, uh, our perception of that person's sin, uh-huh. and it's okay. Uh-huh. No, it's still gossip. Uh-huh. It's still not edifying the body. The only I had to explain this on a Wednesday night one time because I had a person in my class who was head was exploding because someone in leadership had talked to someone else about their particular sin. Yeah. Um, and so I had to have this conversation in front of the whole Wednesday night Bible study and try to put that fire out. And so it's important to understand. I will make this point and then I'll get back on topic. Um, f- for me, the way I the way I see this is that conversation is allowed to be had only if the goal is restoration. Say the word. Yeah, uplifting. there you go. There you go. 
And the attitude and heart in which it comes is from a place of love. Yep. And of lifting up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and all that that implies. Let me explain what I mean by that real quick. Practical example. I'll use you as an example. I don't know Derek all that well. I just met Derek not long ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Derek's specific sins are, right? But if I see Derek exhibiting signs that he might be about to do something real stupid, mm-hmm. you better know that I'm going to go talk to other people in leadership and go, hey, wave that flag. I think he's about to hurt himself. Can we do something about that? Here's what I saw. Can we try to help this kid? Because it looks like he might be hurting himself or about to hurt himself. Right. And it might be as simple as sitting down with Derek and going, are you okay? Is everything okay? You got some stuff going on in your heart and mind right now? You okay? Right? It might be as simple as having that conversation. What people, what tends to happen is people hear that conversation and they assume that that's gossip. Right. It's not. It's teamwork. It's the herd coming together to protect the one that's about to run out and go get itself eaten. And it's the weak one that stayed, that, that can't keep up with the herd, that the herd is responsible for going and getting. Right. And you see that even in nature. You see the herd, three quarters of the herd will drop back and surround the one in the weak and bring it up in the center of it so that it can't yes. be eaten by itself. Yes. Right? You go, we go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Listen. It's important for everyone to understand in order to do group ministry, Mm -hmm. in order to disciple people as a group, everybody has to be aware of all of the potential landmines. That's the point of our small groups on Wednesday night, by the way. For those of you... Biscuits. Ah, see what you did. For those of you who are not a part of a Wednesday night group, you, I, I am going to encourage, nay, admonish, warn <laughs> that you best make sure you have lots of tight relationships. And if you need for a week to go into a small group and engage yourself in that group, then do it. Because if you find yourself isolating and complaining, there may be a problem. Yep. And hopefully your close friends will know you and come around that. But don't, don't, don't think that just because you're not of a small part of a Wednesday night small group, you are not part of a group. You can put yourself in that group. Sure. At any time. Anytime. Uh, okay, so real tick, a little real tick, real tick, real is a new kind of camo. It's a real tick camo. Um, so let's talk real quick about resisting. Okay, okay, because this is kind of the crux of it for everybody, right? The the quick and easy answer for us. Okay, you have to put in place people, places, and things. That will protect you. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? You have to put people in place and give them permission Mm -hmm. to get all the way up in you. Mm -hmm. To get all the way in your business Mm -hmm. 
And they, you need to disclose to those people all of your deepest, darkest, nastiest, mm-hmm. temptational type sins. Mm-hmm. Because they can't help you if they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? Put people in place around you, accountability buddies, whatever you want to call them, right? And give them permission to get all the way up in you when they see warning signs Mm -hmm. that you're about to drive off the cliff, that Uh you're about to isolate from the herd and go over here and get eaten, right? Places. You need to establish that there are places that are okay for you and places that are not okay for you. Correct. The okay cafe and someplace else bar is not okay for me. Yeah. Not okay for me. Right. Right. The GNR Tavern or Waldo, that might be okay. Yeah. With about two or three other people. Right. 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 Establish, because they have the best bologna sandwiches. That's why. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't, I forget that people might listen to this that don't live around Marion and don't yeah. understand that that's like bologna sandwich restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but understand that there are places that you need to set up and establish with those people, I can't go here. I should oh, not correct. go here. Correct. I should not go here, right? People, places, things. Understand, there might be certain things that you can't be around. Uh-huh. There might be things that you need to have in your life, uh-huh. right? There are people you need to have in your life, people that you don't need to have in your life. Mm-hmm. Places you should be at, places you should not be at. Right. This is the key to resistance. Setting up safeties and fail-safes in your life. And listen, if you're like, well, I don't want to have to do all this stuff in my life. I'll just suck it up and be a man. No. no it no, won't work. It, it won't will work. not work. I promise. You will end up legless in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? Is- the, sorry, I was watching the testimony from a from a soldier uh, last night. I was watching the testimony from a soldier in Afghanistan uh, who is a um, pastor, um, and he lo- he left his legs in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and um, he was talking about uh, sin and temptation in as a an IED right as you, uh, you're yeah. walking along the road. You know it's there somewhere. You know it's you're going to walk into it at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to recognize the signs. If you don't, <laughs> boom. Yes. Right? And so that's kind of how this works. Right? That's interesting. Yeah. And so, <laughs> sorry, I, I threw that reference out there without all the backlog. Um, you have to put fail-safes and guardianship up around yourself. Right. You have to get in the word. Right. You have to get in the body. You have to become a grafted in body part of the body. Mm-hmm. OK. I don't have time. There's you, a, there's yeah, a you can't just stand around and watch it. You've got to be part of it. <laughs> there's a whole thing that I don't have time to talk no, about. Um, no. Anyway, people, places, things. That's become part of the body. Put people, places, things in place around you as a protective guard, however you want to say it, right? That will, won't let you get to the thing you want. Right. Be willing. This is key. Be willing to wave those flags to wear your sins all the way on the outside. So everybody knows what they are. Yeah. That's the transparency part. There, mm-hmm. Everybody in this building knows <laughs> about most of what 
There are some people that know all. <laughs> <laughs> and so there are things, that, and that's good, because one thing that I have found is that there, there are a couple, three people that know things, the depth of my depravity. Uh-huh how far down I can go sure, or have gone. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause I really can't. Some of it. Just can't. <laughs> no. no. And, uh, yep. and so uh, I, uh, that transparency is so important. It's the key. It's the linchpin to everything else. Right. And taking no pride in your transparency. Yes. Don't, when the Bible says to boast of your weaknesses, that doesn't mean be proud and arrogant of your weaknesses. I bet I sinned more than you did, right? No, 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 no. I just, no, had, no, I just no. had more time to do it. Than you did. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. That's not what that means. Oh. But it is so important to, to be open and honest uh-huh. about who you are and about your sin and about your temptations, about those things. Because, look, I can't help you. I, can't, I am of no help to you. Yes. If you aren't willing to share those things. Right. Right. Because I'll let you walk right off the cliff because I didn't know that was a problem. And if you're hiding them, you can't be of any help to yourself because you're t- keeping them so close to the vest that you, you can't. You're going to get eaten. Yeah. That, that is a form of isolation. Yep. That's the beginning of you drifting out of the herd and you're going to get eaten over there. Mm-hmm. Stay with the body. Stay connected. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you're looking for the weaker brother. Or sister, or animal, so that you can surround them. So that you can surround them and not stand there and go, "Oh, that one's got a bad leg." Eh. Oh, look, they're wandering off. Want to take bets on how long they takes till they get eaten? Oh, I've. Anyway, all right. So sufficiently covered. Okay, the if, horse is dead. James, We're out of time. James chapter two. Was it James one? one? James chapter one. Derek says go read James chapter one. It's good for the soul. Yes, it is. So if you want some. There's lots um, of talk in there about tongues and boats and fire and forests and things. <laughs> it's, it's a nature lesson. If you are going to be open and honest, then you have a pathway for God to bless you. If you're going to be closed off, then you may be closing off pathways for God to bless you and also to bless other people. It is extremely important that we be open so that when God says go, you can go find someone to bless. Love you, bye.